0: This is The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. David is the Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel Casa Grande in Casa Grande, Arizona.
1: You know the sad, sad declaration, the sad, sad testimony of the church today is, is that the vast majority of believers have never, ever shared their faith with someone outside the walls of a church. They have never, ever shared the reality of the hope that's within them to the lost and to the dying. Oh, it's easy to go around a room of friendly faces and say, oh yes, I believe in
0: Jesus Christ. Pastor David will be teaching the importance of believing in the simplicity of the gospel, as well as taking this good news to the lost and dying world. Isaiah says, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Are you declaring what Christ has done in your life? When was the last time you preached the gospel to an unbeliever? It's not your responsibility to save anyone. It is your responsibility to share the gospel. Leave the rest up to God. Now open your Bibles to the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 7. We join Pastor David for the conclusion of our message entitled, The Zeal of Ignorance.
1: He took upon himself the flesh of humanity, walked among us. We didn't have to go and drag Christ down. He took upon himself the sin of mankind. He was crucified, he died, he was buried. But he's no longer in the abyss, he's no longer in the grave. We can't go and drag him up. No, because he was resurrected. And the power of the resurrection was the declaration of God that the payment was good, that the payment was sufficient for our sin. We don't have to go up to drag Him down. We don't have to go down to drag Him up. He says right there, the Word is near you, is in your mouth and in your heart, just like we spoke last week at the resurrection service. The Word of God is all around us. We as a nation have the availability of the gospel more so than any other nation in the entire world. And the problem with that is, is that we've, we've become toughened to it. There is a a a, a a a harshness to the Gospel. There is a, a, a scab, a, a, a hardening to the Gospel because we've heard it over and over and over again. There's not a freshness to it. There's not a newness to it. There's not a life to it for many people. Oh, I've heard that. I've heard that before. I've heard that before. And because they don't see it lived out in reality in the lives of those that claim Christ, the message is no longer impacting in the lives of those that need to hear it the best. Paul says, the word of faith, this, this is what we preach, the, the very word of faith that, that we preach. Well, what is that that he preaches? Uh, Paul preaches something that was totally radical. Absolutely, totally radical. Nothing that they had ever heard before. It was something that got their Attention! It was the message of the good news. It's the good news and the reality that it's not works. It's not effort of religion. No, this is something totally and completely different. For him, it was not the law. It was faith and submission to Christ. And you see, that was totally radical to them. Because for the Jew... They knew that I had to keep all the ceremony, I had to go through all the rules, I had to keep all of the traditions, and hopefully, maybe at the end of my life, I would know that God would save me. It's just like many today that are under the bondage of religion, that hopefully, maybe at the end of my life, I might be able to gain enough points that at the end, the scale will tip over in my favor. Beloved, you will never gain enough points to be able to meet the holiness of God just as the Jews would have never reached enough points and that's why the radical message of submission to God in his plan through faith in Jesus Christ it was like unbelievable to them they could not even begin to understand well how could that be it was so simple And that's where we come to this great gold nugget that we find right here in the middle of the book of Romans in this gold mine. And that's verses 9 and 10. The riches... I believe nugget that you and I will find in the book of Romans is here in chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. And again, if you write in your Bible, and I encourage you to do that, I encourage you to circle these verses, underline them, draw stars, arrows, whatever it's going to take for you to get the attention of what these two verses speak. When these verses speak to us about the fact that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, And believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead. What is the effect of those two things, church? You shall be saved. saved. The simplicity of the Gospel message. How can I be saved? Right here it is. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, the Word of God declares that you shall be saved. Because with the heart... One believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. If you memorize nothing else in the entire Word of God, you as the people of God need to have verses 9 and 10 memorized. You need to bury that in your heart and into your mind, into your, your vocabulary. Because someone you know, would love to know how to be saved. Someone you know is so caught up in religion that they don't know if they will ever know if they will be saved or not, all the way to the end of their days. Someone that you know believes that they're not good enough to be saved, and perhaps they'll never be good enough. Someone you know has done some things so bad and heinous in their life of the past, they think that God has written them off. And they need to hear from you. You know what? The simplicity of the gospel message is not getting on your knees and walking up flights of stairs. The simplicity of the gospel message isn't going through ceremony and ritual. The simplicity of the gospel message isn't going through routine, after ritual, after ceremony, after tradition in order to gain God's favor. The simplicity of the gospel message is if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Church, you need to know that and you need to be able to explain that. To share that with those that you know. Those that are within the sphere of influence of your life. We look at this and we say, well, what exactly does he mean when he says, confess? Does that mean that I've got to go over into a corner someplace and lay out all of my sin for somebody to hear and to forgive me? No, that's not what he means. What he speaks here, the, the definition of that word according to Vine's dictionary is to speak the same thing. In other words, to agree with the fact, to assent to it. And then he speaks of to declare openly by way of speaking out freely. And such confession being the the effect of deep conviction of facts. Beloved, these aren't my words. This is the definition of the word that that is being used here in the book of Romans that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. But this very same word is the same word that Jesus himself declared in Matthew chapter 10, when he says, if you will confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father. Do you understand what Jesus is saying there? If you will confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father. You know, the sad, sad declaration, the sad, sad testimony of the church today is, is that the vast majority of believers have never, ever shared their faith with someone outside the walls of a church. They have never, ever shared the reality of the hope that's within them to the lost and to the dying. Oh, it's easy to go around a room of friendly faces and say, Oh, yes, I believe in Jesus Christ. My hope is found in the reality that Jesus Christ died for my sin according to the Scripture. And by faith, I've received that into my life. And so because of that, I know that I have salvation. It's easy to share that with other believers. But let me ask you, and I don't want a raise of hands. I want an openness of heart as you receive this question. Have you yourself ever shared the reality of that with anyone? That is a non-believer. Have you taken your personal opportunity to confess Jesus as Lord in your life to a lost and dying world? Because, beloved, you and I are the evangelists. We are the declaration of the Word of God to a lost and dying world around us. God hasn't called us to come and join a club and be safe within the walls of our club. God has called us to a radicalness of life. A newness of life. There is such a sweetness of the gift that's given, such a preciousness of the salvation that's given and promised to us, and there is such a silence in the church to the world that's around us. And yet, He has called for us to confess the Lord Jesus Christ, to declare openly, to speak out freely, to confess. To man in order that he might confess to the father all oh, the word goes on down in verse 11 he says the scripture says whoever whoever i love that whoever whoever believes on him will not be put to shame For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. And again in verse 13, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do you realize that all of those little forever's and, or whoever's and everyone and all that's written within there? Do you realize all that the word is speaking to us? When he says that there's no difference between Jew or Greek, uh, again, he's just simply talking about that there's no difference between anyone. Remember, we've spoken when, as in the study of Romans that for the people of that culture and of that time, for the Romans, there were two kinds of people. There were Romans and Greeks, and then there was everybody else. For the Jews, there were two kinds of people. There were Jews, and there were everybody else. So when Paul says that there's no difference between Jew and Greek, he's in essence saying there's no difference between anybody. Everyone is open to it. The same Lord over all is rich to most of those who call upon Him. Amen? No! He's rich to all who call upon Him. All. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He gets this verse in verse 13 from the prophet Joel in Joel chapter 2. And this is where, again, Peter spoke on the day of Pentecost when the church was filled with the Holy Spirit and there was great boldness to go out and declare Christ. Once they were hidden away in that upper room, not willing to share with anybody the reality of their hope in Christ, then they were filled with the Holy Spirit, equipped and empowered to be able to go out. And now they're declaring and proclaiming boldly. And they come out and with, with tongues and foreign languages and people. People hear and they listen and says, well, what's the deal with these guys? They're all, they're all drunk, huh? And, and Peter comes up and says, no, they're not drunk. They're filled with the Spirit of God. And what they're declaring is that that was foretold in the prophet Joel, when he speaks about that your young men will dream dreams and your old men will see visions in those last days. That's what Peter spoke about. Well, this same verse that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved is in that same chapter, in that same group of verses that Peter was sharing on the day of Pentecost. And here Paul brings it into play. But what you need to understand is right in between all of that is the declaration that the judgment of God is coming. That God's judgment is going to be poured out on all who have rejected Him. All who have turned from Him. That the judgment of God is coming and that there's no denying it. But in the midst of all of that warning and the declaration of the judgment of God comes this great hope, this great promise that says, but whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What a great promise. What a great hope is ours. That whoever calls upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. What do you mean? Whoever. There's a real great definition of whoever. And it's simply one word. Whoever. How do you define whoever? It's just whoever. That means the one that is the down and out. That means the one that's the up and out the one that's making the six figures and figures that they have life all figured out. They need Jesus just as much as the one that's living in the gutter, just as much as the one in the middle realm, just as much as all men need to hear the message. And whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The invitation is so wide, beloved. There is no limitation with God have we limited Him in our own understanding. I want you, if you would, take your Bibles, turn to Isaiah chapter 55 as we kind of close in on the end here this morning. Isaiah 55. I must say that I was listening to one of my messages from earlier this year, and as I was listening to it, I got to a point in the message where I said, and now as we close things up, let's turn to here, and I went on for about 20 more minutes, but uh, I... I take my cues from Paul. Paul does that several times in his writing, so. Isaiah 55. And speaking of the wideness of this invitation, listen to what the Lord says through Isaiah the prophet. Depending upon your version, that first word might be ho. I, in my version, it's yo. Uh, yo, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. What is the limitation there, folks? Those who thirst. Those who thirst. Everyone who thirsts. He's not going to limit anyone. If you thirst, come to Him. And you who have no money, so it's not a financial thing. Even if you don't have money, just come on and buy and eat. Yes, come and buy wine and milk without money, without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages on what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me, and eat what is good, and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Now, do I have to explain to you that he's not talking about uh, physical food here? He's not talking about physical bread. He's not talking about physical milk and wine and water. He's talking about spiritual nourishment in our lives. And he says, you know what, if you're thirsty, you come. That's the invitation. That's the declaration. He goes on in verse 3, he says, incline your ear. And come to me, here, and your soul shall live. And I'll make an everlasting covenant with you. How long is an everlasting covenant, church? It's forever and ever. Forever and ever. You're thirsty, you come to me, I'll make an everlasting, forever and ever covenant with you. The sure mercies of David. Indeed, I have given him as a witness to the people, a leader and a commander for the people. Now, if we stopped right here, we could say, okay, I can see where he's got the limitation now, because really this is a message to Israel. Uh, Isaiah was a prophet for Israel, so this is a message for Israel. You know, he brought in David the king and the witness to the people who is David. But you can't stop there, because Isaiah doesn't stop there, and beloved, God does not stop there. Listen to what he says in verse 5. He says, Surely you shall call a nation you do not know, and nations who do not know you shall run to you, because of the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel, for He has glorified you. You see, even those who are not a nation are going to come. Paul says those who are not a people have become His people. There is no limitation. He goes on in verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will, for the most part, pardon him. Well, I love it. it, it he doesn't say he will pardon him. He says he will abundantly pardon him and I don't know about you well I know about some of you but I don't know about all of you but I know that I needed an abundant pardon not just a little pardon I needed an abundant pardon and that's what God offers and who does he offer it to everyone who thirsts he says come come that's how wide the offer is that's how gracious the offer is that's how sweet the message is But that's how silent the church is, because the world doesn't hear that. I bring us to another verse here. Actually, my instruction or my encouragement to you would be that in Romans 9 and 10, that off to the side margin you would write this Isaiah 55 passage and then off to the side of the Isaiah 55 passage you would write Revelation 22:17 22:17 17, 17. and you know what with with these three little sections I know that this isn't the Roman road I know that this isn't the four spiritual laws I know that this isn't a lot of different verses of of that different people use in soul winning but the thing that I see about this is is it cuts through all barriers it cuts through every every aspect of who might say, well, maybe God doesn't love me. Maybe I'm not of the called. Maybe I'm not of the elect. And the Word says, you know what? Whoever calls, whoever is thirsty, my call comes out to all. In Revelation 22.17, and we'll finish up there with this, Revelation 22.17, just the simplicity of this verse. It says that the Spirit and the Bride say come the spirit the holy spirit the bride who is the bride the church it's you and it's saying the bride is saying come the bride is calling people to come to a saving knowledge of Christ oh well he must mean the preachers no it's not the preachers though they do that too because we are part of the bride. But he says the bride is even crying out. And then he goes on even deeper. He says, And let him who hears say, Come. So you see, it's not just one group. Man, if you know the message, if you've received the message, then you ought to be saying, Come. You ought to be sending out the invitation also. And what is the message? Again, it harkens back to Isaiah. Let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Beloved, what a blessing is ours to know that we can be carriers of the sweetness, of the message, the gift of salvation that God gives that is open, and it's open to all. And you and I can be, again, the evangels. We are called to be the evangels. We're not going to get into it this week, but next week I'm going to tell you how to have a heavenly pedicure. A heavenly pedicure. And if you don't know what I'm talking about on that, then read the rest of chapter 10 of Romans. But you know what? Every one of us as believers, we ought to be continually be getting a heavenly pedicure. I won't even tell you what it's about. I'll maybe, hopefully, that will spur you on to read it. We're called to be the evangelists. And yet, by and large, the church itself is silent. You and I are the witnesses of the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness and the love and the relationship and the power, the almighty wonder and the beauty of Almighty God. You and I have experienced the forgiveness of sin the closeness of relationship of Jesus Christ, the reality of His Word in our lives. And we are called to proclaim it to a lost and dying world that's around us. And yet the church, by and large, remains silent. I don't know what it would take in your life or in the lives of multitudes of believers To be able to break out of the shell, to break out of the fear of rejection, to break out of the fear of not knowing how to answer whatever question that someone might ask if we bring up the situation. I don't know in the physical realm what it would take, but I do know what it is on the spiritual realm. Is once the Holy Spirit of God gets hold of the lives of His children and we are submitted to His plan and to His purpose in our lives. And that we would walk in faith and not in fear. Then it becomes a natural outflow of the reality of Christ in our lives to be able to confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ before men. That they would have that they would know that we have reason for the hope that's within us, that we would be ready both in season and out of season to be able to give a reason for that hope.
0: If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. What does it mean to confess with the mouth and believe? Well, Pastor David will answer these questions and more as he teaches through the Book of Romans. You can get a free copy of today's teaching at our website. Simply log on to www.theopenword.com. That's theopenword.com. Although The Open Word is a huge blessing, we pray that it's not your only source for the teaching of the Word of God. It's our hope that you're attending a church that teaches God's Word from beginning to end. If not, we'd like to invite you to join us at Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande for worship on Saturday evenings, Sunday mornings, or Wednesday evenings. For service times, driving directions, and more information, log on to TheOpenWord.com and then follow the link to the church website. Finally, we want to encourage you to follow us on Twitter at the Open Word Radio, or log on to TheOpenWord.com and follow the link right there on the homepage. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to The Open Word with David Landry. Please join us next time as Pastor David continues teaching verse by verse through the book of Romans. That's next time on The Open Word.